Joe. It's the Disenfranchised Podcast, where that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, a real American hero. And joining me, as always, he's out of his coma. He's going to be okay. It's my co-host, Brett Wright. Hey, Brett. Hello, Stephen. How we, do, buddy? I love you. It's been, I feel like it's been forever. It's been two weeks, but I feel like it's been forever. How you been, buddy? I love you, too. It's I been. Miss, I miss great. you, man. I miss you when I, you're not I, here. I miss that look. I miss being here when I can't be here. But you know, life always finds a way. <laughs> Doesn't it just? Yeah. And uh, also joining us this week, Brad, it's the man with the itty bitty ditty bag. It's Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Cobra. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Not bad, man. How you doing? I'm all right. I I find the the amount of times that they feel like they have to like shout their various catchphrases during this movie a bit. Just, you could cut about thirty percent off of that, and maybe like everything they do, they're like, "Go, Drew!" It wouldn't be a movie, man. It would not be a movie. The guy's like, "Hey, man, I got I got to hit the head. I'll be right back." And everybody's like, "Go, Joe!" He's like, "No, I just I it's not. I just have to go to the bathroom. It's not a big deal. Go, Joe!" Okay, all right. Fuck, whatever. You left out the part where they have to talk to Idiots. everybody like using their first names. Never mind. Yes. Hello, sir. It's like, "Yes. You know, roadblock. Yes, whatever you say, roadblock." <laughs> Absolutely dial tone. What was that mainframe? God. Yeah. You the have names, to know their names, guys. You have to know. Look, there, there is a How character in this movie. How can you find the toys? There's, exactly. There's a character in this movie called Snow Job and a character in this movie called Beachhead. And I'm just like, the 80s were a fucking wild time, guys. The 80s times. were fucking wild. Hell yeah. We, we, nope. That's, uh, that's a joke for later. <laughs> That was a really good one. Man, I wish I could embarrass you on air, Stephen. But and I'll do it later. There's there's a guy and then it's there's a, a guy joke. who looks like a uh, a denim version of a leather daddy named Gung Ho. And mm-hmm. like, what are we doing here, guys? What what are we doing? Selling toys. Keep talking, I'm typing. Yeah, I know, we can hear you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like you're shaking your entire computer as you type. Um, And as if you couldn't fucking figure it out based on that intro, what we're talking about, Brett, what are we talking about this week as the third installment of our of our 80s animation extravagation month? (laughs) I love you, Steven. (laughs) Uh, We joke because we love Nah, it's fuck true. you all. I would teach you if I didn't like you. Steven. I love you, buddy. Come on, I love you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tucker, cut all this out. <laughs> okay, cut that. Cut that. Got it. What were we talking about? Sorry, the movie that we're talking about this week. Yeah, uh, we are talking about GI Joe, 1987's GI Joe the movie, directed G. I. by. Joe is there. Don Jerwich, written by Ron Friedman and Roger Slifer, and starring, God, everybody, fucking Charlie Adler, Jack Angel, um, Corey Burton, Francois Chow, Peter Cullen, uh, Jennifer Darling, Brian Cummings, uh, Dick Gauthier, Ed Gilbert, Don Johnson, Don motherfucking Johnson in this movie. Burgess, Burgess Meredith is in this movie too, Stephen. Burgess Meredith, Rob Paulson playing the aforementioned Snowjob. 
Um, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter as himself. As Sergeant Slaughter. I love Sergeant Slaughter. That'll I love that they. about that later. I'm sure. They're, they're, I mean, he was always my favorite Joe growing up. Yes. Uh, also, there's and a character he was in this. Rathlin at the same time. Synergy, and, man. And of course, Frank Welker is in this movie. Well, yeah. There's, a, implied, there's another like. there's another character in this movie called Big Lob, which feels dirtier than it is, but a lot of a lot of hidden innuendo here. I think. I mean, just yeah. the horniest motherfuckers working at Hasbro in the eighties. Has channeled has their channeled their energy through Don Johnson in this movie. Mm, oh who God, sexually walking, harasses or assaults every woman that he comes across. Walking HR violation, Lieutenant Falcon, <laughs> the only Joe with an actual rank. Lieutenant Falcon, except for Sergeant Slaughter, except for Sergeant. Yeah. Okay, touche. But but Falcon outranks Slaughter, but Slaughter's bossing him around like a motherfucker. So, well, only enlisted men can be um, training uh, training instructors. You oh, can't that... be an officer and be a training instructor. You have to be See, enlisted. Yeah, I've never been in the military. My father was, my grandfather was, but I was not. So. You broke I, you broke the tradition, man. Too too soft in the middle is that's uh, all right. I took care of it for you. You can you can count my service as yours, Stephen. I'm not going to do that for fear Thank of you for pissing your service, off everybody. Steven. Don't Thank do you that for your service. <laughs> no stolen valor, baby. <laughs> no, it's not stolen. I'm giving it to him. Gifted valor, uh, baby. Yes. Gifted valor, baby. Yes. <laughs> uh, what a cast! What a what a picture! Honestly, probably not to bury the lead, yeah. but. Probably the best one we've watched so far this month. I didn't hate it. No. No, it was, it was fine. fine. Perfectly fine. Well, I probably liked it less than you guys did. But yeah. I probably. think for me, it's... You remember in the Transformers episode when I was talking about how, like, since... Craven the, the and way, Soulless it was? Yeah, well, the way that Hollywood is and the way that toys are and the way that capitalism works and, and all that stuff, um, <clears throat> art has to marry business. They have mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. It is show Transformers, business after all. Transformers is that's just all business. No art there. Now this it was a good a good a good marriage. It looks those it two looks things. good. It the looks animation looked good. Fantastic, I thought. And like it's it's pretty okay. Like sure it's convoluted and it's stupid, but it's for kids, but it's not like a soul-crushing like existential nightmare like transformers was part of that i think is that they because based on what i've read about this movie they're they're basically working on transformers the movie and gi joe the movie in tandem Mm -hmm. um and they actually got the idea of optimus prime dying in transformers the movie from the fact that they killed off duke in this movie because they were hasbro was going to retire the toy anyway so they weren't going to have that action figure available so they're just like, great, we can kill him off. We make him and Falcon family. So he's saving Falcon. It perfect. It works thematically. Like it's good. Story-wise, good. Works. But because of delays, production delays, G.I. Joe was delayed and Transformers came out first. And uh people were so pissed off that Optimus Prime died that they backpedaled real fucking fast. Yeah, when and, people took to the streets and started destroying local businesses because Optimus Prime died, yeah, Hasbro was like, ah, maybe we keep Dutch. Mm-hmm. I Dude. think we can. Yeah, we'll never forget the Same Transformers thing. riots of 1987. Uh, yes. Hashtag never forget. I wish we'd all been ready. You know. <laughs> I mean, there's. I'm no glad time you got to a, change I'm your glad mind. You gotta, 
I'm glad you got a kick out of that one, Steven. That was for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course it was. It's not for Brad. Brad doesn't know what that is. Nope, sure not. It's, uh, it's an old Larry Norman song. Uh, oh. You had to be a churchy Joe to get that one. So. Yeah, cool. man. Cool. Church Joe. Yeah. What would what would the chaplain of the G.I. Joes be called? Tabernacle. Hey. Oh, fuck. I like that. That's good. <laughs> or, um, yeah. No, I, I fucking love that. Or Chaplain Tabernacle or something, something like that. But, yeah, no, that's. Love it. But yeah, there is no chaplain on the G.I. Joes because the G.I. Joes are a godless organization. Um, no, no, they're not. <laughs> Did you see the beginning of this movie? It felt it felt like Team America. It was like five minutes of a team, part of a Team America movie. So like, I, my partner did not watch this one with me because she's like, there is nothing for me in this movie. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, but she, um, I was texting her and I was like, this fucking movie begins with an elaborate musical number. Like there is an elaborate, and I was like, "Is this going to be a musical? Like My Little Pony, the movie from last week? Like, is this is this also going to be a musical? No, it's not a musical. Um, but that opening number is pretty fucking phenomenal. Well, that's the it's the it's just an extended version of the regular cartoon theme, right. and um, <clears throat> I know we haven't got to the part where we explain like what our histories are with the movie yet. That's coming. But I do I do have a bit of a history with the G.I. Joe, so I'm familiar with that song, but I've never seen this movie, and I've never heard this extended version. So when it started, it's like, okay. Cobra. All right. All right. Cobra! Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You keep forgetting oh, the yeah. la 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 la's at the end. Oh, yeah. All right. I love uh, I love the fact that they say Cobra and then you get the guy in the background literally screaming Cobra like he's like he's looking for Cobra and can't find him <laughs> like Cobra Cobra <laughs> it's great I love it I love it so much yeah I thought it, it was great too and like I didn't realize that's what it was at first but then like it started kept going kept mm-hmm. going then all of a sudden they're talking about a real American hero G.I. Joe is there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that, way into it. At that the point. way that ends with Duke grabbing the American flag and jetpacking all the way up the Statue of Liberty. Perfect. Fucking Rocketeer perfect. Rocketeer style. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. See our previous episode on the Rocketeer. Um, yes. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Like it's such a, it's such a great opening and it perfectly sets the scene and sets really the stage. The it sets the tone too. Like you, you see that and you're like, yeah, this is going to be ridiculous be really stupid it's definitely for children but it might be entertaining pure this might 80s. just be something that i don't mind watching pure 80s cheese the opening of this movie is nothing but it's just an extended toy commercial what, what happened over that's the last, what the show over the last was. two weeks guys did you become indoctrinated to capitalism what happens like this is the first no, five minutes no, of this movie brett, is just the transformers movie redone again what are you talking about i understand that brett but unlike the transformers movie this is good. How I is it like any hearing though? this song because uh, I oh, like hearing oh, okay. the song. It's yeah, a good okay, song, okay. and it's not. I feel like this film it at least has some sort of creative merit. I mean, it's like, like they, they actually. Do, it's like it's they actually like, gave a fucking shit. They they took the time to say what song would go good and how can we make the action that's happening on screen match up to the song we're going to pair with this movie, not what song can we license and then just throw in here regardless of whether or not it fits. Absolutely. 
Transformers was an executive's movie. Uh, G.I. Joe was just the whatever idiots they had working on this trying to sell toys. And that's way different. Way different. And they also learned a lesson from My Little Pony, the movie. And my that little they, pony. My Little Pony. Perfect. Cut, Here. print, no notes. Um, nice. You didn't listen to last week's episode, Brett, because that, that, <laughs> that's all last week was, was just Tucker and I doing that for about an hour and a half. I'm gone for a week, and what the fuck happened? <laughs> this is why you can't miss, man. This is why you can't miss. Nope. We go um, too far into the weeds when you're not here, man. It, you need to pull us out. We really fucking do. Uh, look, you, you get gotta, two you, two guys who are who are known for tangents, and you leave them alone in a room together, and you're 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 you wonder what happens when they come out the other side, like completely bedraggled. Yeah, you love capitalism and are bronies now. Fantastic. No, no, neither of those things are true. Um, but the um, they didn't. What it sounds like to me, I'm saying they didn't kill off the entire previous line in order to make room for the new characters. They removed them from the main action of the film, sure, but they didn't kill them off completely. Which is what uh, the mistake that Transformers, which I think is again part of the reason why Transformers the movie feels far more craven than the last two movies that we've discussed, because it it's clear like okay, old toy line gone, new toy line here. And whereas this is like, hey, we're supplementing what we already have with these great new characters that you're probably going to love. No, well, but... and now that you mention it, Stephen, um, it does kind of seem like not only just the whole the whole not killing one of the main characters things, but it does seem like since this film was delayed, they learned a lot from Transformers because this could have been the same kind of movie. And for all intents and purposes, probably should have been. Mm-hmm. But they made Transformers, then they saw it, and they were like, well, what if we did this, but like we actually tried to kind of make it good? I feel like the only change they made was the ADR lines about Duke not dying. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of he's gone, it's <laughs> he's it's gone out of nowhere. into a coma. I'm, I'm pretty sure that like that scene before, there was no dialogue. It was just like kind of pulling away for the, for the fade out at the end. Mm-hmm. There's like... Oh, uh, homeboy called and everybody's okay. It's cool. Okay. Okay. It honestly (laughs) reminded me, spoilers for a movie that came out in January. It reminded me of the end of Scream 6 where um, when Mindy hops off the the ambulance is like, I was in the hospital. I got stabbed real bad. You thought I died. I didn't. Oh, by the way, Gail's okay too. Like when you're just like, wait, It's a throwaway line about I'm on a lot of drugs. Er, er, er. (laughs) Right. Which is why I'm so happy and chipper, even though I was stabbed almost to death. Um, like oh, really deeply yeah and by the way the character that had a really moving death half an hour ago she's fine like and, and it, Lazy it felt, character you thought we were killing yeah no it felt like that honestly is what it felt like to me like just a whole kind of like oh and, and by the way because you notice no one's lips move for any of that like he's yeah. gone well, into a coma behind, yeah yeah and then at the end where it's like he's okay and he's out of the coma that's all like from like way in the background like yeah there's it, it's all completely ADR'd in later like they're like because animation's expensive to change we can't change the animation so we just have to like throw jokes in or you know throw dialogue in to fix the shit that we broke because you know most people who get stabbed in the heart by a stir by a serpent staff uh are just just go into a coma 
that's a thing that happens um, mm. when they get stabbed in the heart with a giant stick by a guy dressed as a mm. snake. I mean, look, I'm not a doctor, but that tracks. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, they, they may not have changed anything, but I do think that this movie is kind of the perfect, um, for me, kind of the response to Transformers. because It, it feels is, that way. It's a very similar film, but it's like they were like, yeah, but what if like we actually tried mm-hmm. to like put like some creativity in this and make it, you know, look good and like like not just like like actually fun, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I was it was refreshing. Like I said, I don't really like it. I don't hate it. But I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. It's it it's it's not as craven as Transformers the movie. Um, again, I feel like they, they learned some lessons from the My Little Ponies, uh, which, so this is the third of three films by released by De Laurentiis Entertainment, Sunbow, uh, productions and Marvel productions, um, across the span of 1986 and 1987, all of which were a response to Care Bears, the movie doing fucking gangbusters in 84, I'm um, so mad we don't get to do that one. That's that's actually good. You guys, that is an actually it, good one. It is, yeah. I watched that a lot. The movie is the shit. Kind of slaps. Um, but we have not talked about our histories with the Joes. So Tucker, you you inferred that you had one. Uh, so why don't you uh, go first? What is your history with the Joes uh, that are GIs? I wa- I watched it on TV when I was a kid. Cool. That's it. Cool story, bro. I know. I never. I. <laughs> I may have had a couple of G.I. Joe figures, but I didn't really, like, collect the toys or anything. So as much as I liked the TV show, it wasn't working on me. Hmm. I did love – I loved the TV show when I was a kid. Like, that and He-Man. Like, before I got a little older and got into, like, Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. like, He-Man and uh, He-Man and G.I. Joe was the shit. And also, like I said, the synergy with wrestling because I was way into wrestling back when I was a youngster, too. That tracks, and Sergeant yeah. Slaughter was the Sergeant Slaughter still is the shit. He's still Sergeant Slaughter. I Sergeant Slaughter it up. was always my favorite Joe. Always my favorite Joe. Um. So yeah, and part of it was because he he was a real person that they just put into a cartoon. I was like that fucking rules, and he can deliver dialogue like itty bitty ditty bag and make it sound fucking menacing as shit. Yeah, dude. So mean sounding dude. Good, he doesn't good sound like that in real life either. Like his voice sounds nothing like that. It just sounds like a regular dude. It's almost like he's he's a performer putting on a performance. It's like he's acting. Hmm. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Brett, what is your uh, what is your history with the GI Joes? None. Um, none. Wow. Yeah, none at all. Outside of Sergeant Slaughter, because I'm a wrestling fan. I mean, I was into. I love that wrestling. It was cool. I. I never really watched the G.I. Joe cartoon, no, because I knew he didn't really show up in it much, and I didn't really want to watch the cartoon for the rare appearances he did pop up in. Now, so um, you were into wrestling. Did you watch the Hulk Hogan cartoon show? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tucker, you look confused. Did you not know about this show, that the show existed? No, I sometimes Hulk Hogan's my rock and just wrestling? pops up. Uh, no, I was aware of that, and I think I think uh, even back then when I was that young, I had a three-episode rule, and I don't think it passed the mustard. No. Probably not. It probably Yowza. doesn't hold up well. Nope. No, I um, can't imagine. I cannot my, imagine. My other history, though, Tucker, you might be the only one that knows this. Um, uh, the 
So you know, at the end of every GI Joe episode, there was the the know, PSA. The PSA. Yeah. Um, do you remember E Bombs World on Yield Internet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know E Bombs World. Yeah, it was I like where all the E-Bomb. funny videos were were before YouTube yeah. existed. Yeah, Correct. and there yeah. were the there was that series of GI Joe PSAs that were dubbed over with ridiculous shit. Oh, I and do they, remember that. I don't remember any of them specifically, but I remember that concept for sure. Yeah. I remember watching those for sure. I just remember the the pork chop sandwiches one. That's that's the one that I remember whenever <laughs> I think about it. I'm gonna um, have to look see if those are on YouTube and put them on my I'm watch later sh- because I'm sure, I'm sure they, they are. are. I'm sure they are. I have not. I have not thought about those since I saw them back in the day. So thank I'm you guessing for that, that's very similar to the people who overdubbed the X Men cartoon with the I'm the Juggernaut bitch. Is that a similar Probably kind similar. of thing? Probably okay. similar, yeah. Do you um, not know? It seemed like it was around the same, same time. Do you not know about I'm the Juggernaut, bitch? Who are you asking? Uh, either of you. Because I do. I mean, Because I, oh, I feel I like it's silly okay. to ask either of us, Steven. I, I feel like you've wasted all of our times. you wasted our listeners' time, Steven. No, I'm we just apologize. I was we just apologize asking a question. question. Was, that, was that too far, Steven? Did I tease you too much, Steven? I do that sometimes with people I like. I tease them too much, and I accidentally... Hurt their feelings and I feel bad, so I have to I'm, pull back. I'm so tired. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm so tired. <laughs> I do do that though, you guys. I said doo doo. Um, I do do that though. So if if you I ever again. tease you guys, I know if I ever tease you guys too hard, just holler at your boy because I I don't mean to. I just get excited and I like to tease people. So I'll just I'll just start flipping you off. That's how that'll work. Um, you do that all the time anyway. That's true. Um. <laughs> uh i actually um so i i watched a couple episodes of the show i wasn't like a religious watcher of the show by any stretch of the imagination i think i had an action figure that was given to me by a friend of mine um like i didn't buy it uh it was not purchased for me uh my dad loved the old school uh gi joes Mm. from like the 40s and the 50s the tall boys yeah, the yeah. ones basically based on the Barbie model that Hasbro purchased yeah. from Kenner so that they could make their, you know, military Barbies. Um, and um, I, I actually bought him one for like there was an anniversary when I was a teenager. I, I bought him one for like Christmas or something, just the Navy one, because my dad, that was his branch of the service was the Navy. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, I bought him that. Um, and they even had the 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 misprint like thumbnail on the other side of the thumb, which was kind of the, the thing that G.I. Joe's had. Um, but my, my main exposure to GI Joe's was actually this movie, which I watched at a slumber party when I was in like third or fourth grade. Uh, we went to my buddy James's house and he had this movie and we put it on and watched it. And it was for a third grader fucking slapped. Like it was so much fun. And, uh, I, that was, I, that was what cemented Sergeant Slaughter as my favorite GI Joe. Like I always like like kind of like again because he was a real person, but that that movie because he kicks so much ass in this movie, uh, so much ass in this movie, and um, yeah, he's he's fucking great. And I dug Sergeant. I was like, "Where's Sergeant Slaughter? Where's Sergeant Slaughter?" And then he came into the movie, and I was just like, "All right, I like this movie now." So yeah, so of the movies that we've seen this month uh, so far, this is the first that I've actually seen. So. Right. Cool. I think I, it sounds like I was the only one who's seen this previously. So. Yep. No. Yeah. I haven't seen any of these before. None of the movies right we're watching this month have I seen before in my entire life. Right on. 
Uh, well, in that case, um, let's let's talk the plot of this movie before we start digging in uh, even more into this movie. Yes, let's. Uh, so Brett don't, is going to. I was going to say, don't let me forget to talk about Christopher Collins because I did a deep dive on him. Okay. And I found some interesting things. So don't let me forget that plot. So the plot in 60 seconds is the part of the show where we, at the behest of the D6 of Destiny, uh, will be recounting the plot. One of us will be recounting the plot of this film, G.I. Joe colon the movie from 1987 in 60 seconds or less, or your podcast is free. That's a joke I haven't broken out in a while. Um, Brett will assign us the uh, what sides we are, and then he will roll the D6 of Destiny, and the D6 of Destiny will decide which of us will be recounting the plot. Brett, who is what? I usually assign them by how much each of us are into this, so I'll be one and two. Tucker will be three and four. Five and six will be you, Steven. Okay. Let's go! And that is a five. Damn it. Finally, it's not me. It's been me like the last 35,000 times. Yeah, welcome to my last year, bud. Okay. And Brett's We've first year. We've all had our streaks. I was going to say, Brett was yeah, yeah. having a losing streak for a long-ass time. Like I was going to say, I... Episodes. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know if my streak ended up beating Brett's or not. Like, I've not actually no. gone through the back catalog to see... I was going to do that for, worst. like, our 100th episode, but yeah. I might as well have just done it every week at that point mm-hmm. like, no need to flip the coin anymore brett's gonna do it i mean yeah although it did lead to some very great moments it did. um like That's the speed true. racer episode like the three musketeers episode those are yeah. some of my those honestly those two are probably my favorite plot in 60 seconds is well, i mean yeah you can't go wrong really no not at if all only we could market those and really yeah do a super cut you know what we could do uh, that, that we could mm. do that or we could do release on Patreon a top 10 uh, a, a top 10 plot in 60s or we could do both 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 for Kino Los Dos. What do you want to see listeners let us know on social media yeah uh, sh- we are at disenfranch pod on pretty much everything and uh, you can also find us on um, you can also shoot us an email disenfranchpod at gmail.com did you guys know we had a Patreon? Wait, That's crazy. what? Yeah, no, we, we don't. Patreon. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Did really you know? Real simple, one tier, five dollars. But no did you know? Multiple tiers. But did you know, Tucker, that What's this that? month you can actually sign up for a seven-day free trial of our Patreon, so you can see what it's all about without seven having days. to pay any money. Seven days for a full week. You and here's the thing: you couldn't even get through like a tenth of the content that's on there in a week no it's so you're, there's, you're, there's you too get much. that free trial your week is full just set aside your whole week because there's so much shit on there and not there shit is. like bad but like shit just like as a, another word for stuff there's it there's a lot of stuff like it's probably close to 20 episodes of distant five tries uh mm-hmm. like uh seven or eight episodes of unenfranchised uh, four or five episodes of Upsal Video Game Corner. Uh, Got couple, three few, on Christianity Corner. Three, three on the Christianity those. Corner, the one that drives all the people away. Um, <laughs> Which, yes, we always have to clarify. That's about making fun of it, not really, you know, enjoying it. Except maybe Steven a little bit. But that's a, you know. I mean, it, it's most of my life. Um, 
can't really can't really turn off who I am, guys. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think I don't think it's something that promotes any particular religion specifically. No. No. We're just, we would never. We're just talking about theology and how it relates to certain films. Man, it ain't that deep. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really godless not. heathen man. We're not trying to push anything on you. Chill Both out. Both you guys are. Yeah, it's fine. Calm down. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, someone got 60 seconds on the clock so I can do this fucking plot. Oh, yeah. That's the thing <laughs> Wait, we were before, doing. Before you do that, where do what? what is the how? What would you type into the address bar of a web browser to get to our Patreon, Stephen? Maybe patreon.com slash pod. Okay, I'm we'll typing that in right now. I'm going to subscribe, you guys. Go away, uh, do that. Plan 60 seconds. Steven, go. Oh, fuck. Um, there's G.I. Joes, and they're fighting against the Cobra, <laughs> who's evil. Apparently, there's a struggle for power at the top of Cobra, and Cobra Commander and Serpentor are, like, fighting for power, and Serpentor is, like, the rightful leader, and he gets, like, kidnapped by the Joes, but they, they bust him out. And then while he's apparently, like, Cobra Commander gets turned into a snake. Uh, a bunch of G.I. Joes get captured by Cobra, so they have to bring in the recruits. Um, one of the guys is Lieutenant Falcon, who's a walking HR violation slash world-class fuck-up and also Duke's half-brother. Um, so they send him off to Sergeant Slaughter, uh, who whips him into shape. Um, there's an entire underground Cobra empire called Cobra Law, which is the worst fucking name ever, ruled over by Spider uh, Burgess Meredith. Um, and it all leads to this giant showdown. Seconds. They need this thing called the BET black entertainment television uh, to like <laughs> defeat the world. And uh, the GI Joes have it. They need it. They fight. Uh, Duke gets stabbed. He goes into and a coma. That's the game. Joe's win. Duke survives game over. Do you guys remember when homeboy got stabbed in the eye, like strip in the face? Do you remember that part? And like, they kind of moved the camera. They went somewhere else with it, but it was mm -hmm. like, and guys like, Right here, you can stab me right here. He's like, eh and then like it goes. <laughs> That's not what happened at all, but that was my interpretation. <laughs> right? No, I mean it's they choreograph it pretty hard. Was that was that the the snake guy's character? Burgess, was that Burgess Meredith? They got stabbed in the eye. Probably because he had that really funky weird eye. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had that like robot cyborg. He's like a cyborg alien spider thing. Um, I'm sure that was a, a an homage to Burgess Meredith's classic Twilight Zone episode where he breaks his glasses. Or maybe Spoilers. his role as the Penguin, uh, because he's always wearing a monocle <laughs> in Batman 66. So That's true. Yeah. What a great show. Burgess Meredith is my homeboy, you guys. Burgess, man, Burgess Meredith, what a, what a voice, what an actor. For someone, I mean, again... <laughs> Uh, for someone who was grandfathered into the Rocky franchise, Burgess fucking Meredith, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, eat lightning, crap thunder, baby. Absolutely. That is my favorite episode of the Twilight Zone. So it's same. It's a good one. Big fat same. Absolutely. I like the uh, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Anyway. that A lot of people love that one. Yeah. I just I like the show. I read the short story in high school and then I saw that and I thought it was cool that instead of like actually making a Twilight Zone episode. Robert Serling was like, there's this short French film that would fit really well here. Let's see if we can get that. He was like showcasing foreign short films on the Twilight Zone. Was that Zone, before or after he rad. changed his name from Robert to Rod? I don't know. Same thing. Is it? <laughs> hey, a D is a backwards B. They're the same thing. Is it though? So look, when Rod, I Steven, so Rod look, is short Steven. for Roderick? Could be. But look, Steven, when I turn this way, <laughs> am I the same person as I am when I turn this way? That well, you see that the, diff the difference is you're not language. 
you're a I human right. being. <laughs> and the symbols that we assign to things in order to you give them meaning. You poked holes in my argument. Damn you, Steven. Matter. Well um, then. You win. What, are we, I can what, are, what the hell are we even doing here, guys? Doesn't um, matter. I I'm talking about this movie for some talking about reason. G.I. Joe is there. It, because they're there, Brett. Um, and Martha. now that you've... Fuck yeah. Um, so now... <laughs> the funny thing is that Rod Freeman, the guy who created this show... Is it Rod or Rob? See, watch me give you such shit and then f- do this fuck up the it same fucking thing. It doesn't matter. You know thing. what I would say? You know what? Steven, it doesn't matter. It's Ron. It's I I was way off both ways. Wow, you fucked it up twice. I fucked it up so That's bad. That's okay. You know what, Steven? Same thing. It's But it's, it, but it's <laughs> not. Tucker, we just went through this. It's not. Um, I'm so fucking tired. We have to hold ourselves <laughs> to a standard here in this podcast, Tucker. What are you do doing? Do we, though? People look to us, Tucker. Out of all the sources that exist on the internet, people turn to us for their news. Straight talk, facts, information. I just thought that that they thought we were dumb and it was funny. Uh, So Ron Friedman, uh, the guy who who kind of created the show, um, he says, I'm a liberal and always was, so it made sense that the Joes would be too, which is really funny when you consider that this show came out in the 80s um, and was able to do what it was able to do because of um, because of Reagan's horrible capitalist screeds. Uh, so, yeah, you get this weirdly left leaning military organization that just doesn't make a lot of sense on paper. It really but... fucking loves America. God damn. This guy sounds like <laughs> Took this a rocket pack like... to the top of the Statue of Liberty with the American fucking flag. He sounds with like fireworks Paul... everywhere. Excuse me. We were trying to make jokes. Tucker, excuse us. Mine was better, but you'll never hear it now because Paul Verhoeven. I've started. I've started it a thousand times. Um, I feel like the creator of the GI Joe show is like Paul Verhoeven, but just on paper. Like he's the bark, you know, but he doesn't have the bite because this is military propaganda from top to bottom. I mean, it did a lot. It did a lot for military service among this generation, like for for people our age. Like it did a lot for for from and and maybe a slightly older. Uh, It did a lot for military recruitment for for that age. I'd say for for a couple generations. Yeah, GI Joe's been around for a while. It's not fucking going anywhere. Mm -mm. Had those two live action movies. The first one did pretty okay. Three, if you get the Snake Eyes spinoff. Oh, yeah. that's right. Oh, God. I'd forgotten about that. That's right. I I had also forgotten. We're going to have to cover that at some point. So that's not getting a sequel. They wanted it to. It's not going to. Now, it's, since that's a spinoff, it would be a main feed or unenfranchised? That'd be a main feed. If we wanted to do the unenfranchised, we could do uh, the uh, Retaliation, which is one of a long line of um, sequels to uh, movies that they decided to add The Rock to in order to get uh to get a bigger box office it's that it's I've, journey to the mysterious island it's fast five there's i think there's at least one more that I'm he was in the but... first journey to the center of the earth no he wasn't okay uh anyway uh i've never seen any of those gi joe movies i really don't yeah. have any desire to but actually to cover them on the podcast sounds pretty fun yeah, they're probably uh, stupid yeah. dumb action movies. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes there's a time and a place. Mm-hmm. This feels like the time and the place, boys. 
this this must be the place. Yeah. Um, there uh, there are a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten credited actors in the first journey to the center of the earth. Uh, none of them is named Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Really? Am I? I'm thinking of the Witch Mountain remake they did, aren't I? You're, I'm thinking either of that or of the Mummy Two. I'm thinking of Witch Mountain because he was in the first one, and the second one. Okay. I feel like they came out around the same time. Like Probably. the font was similar on the poster, you know. Probably. Look, Journey Two is a movie that I don't think anyone remembers exists, but it does. So much like yeah. a lot of the Rocks films, right? I mean, we we could probably do a Rock Month at some point. We've covered two of his films on this podcast already. So Baywatch would we do, and uh, Rampage. And for unenfranchised, we'd do Be Cool. We could do either Be Cool, which is which my is, favorite performance of his because he he plays a gay actor. Yeah, he's, he's actually fantastic. really good. He's hilarious. He's actually hilarious in that movie. doing something in that movie. He shows some range in that movie. It's kind of amazing. It's like back when he was trying to prove that he could act yeah, as opposed to now yeah. where he's just like, I'm the biggest star in the world. No one fucking cares if I he's can act. He's comfortable, man. He's comfortable. You know? And um, yeah, we do that or we could do Journey to the Mysterious Island. Well, I want to I want a reason to watch Be Cool again, because it's certainly or not to see G. Uma G. Thurman. Joe but... Retaliation. We could do that, too. But. But uh, yeah, what was I saying? I don't know. I think you were saying Cobra. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was saying. That's what it was. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it was. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then transition to. So G.I. Joe as a as a franchise, again, starts in the 40s and 50s with. Hasbro buying the model for Ken from Barbie and basically creating military like Barbie sized, not a doll. It's an action figure was the, was the tagline there to, to make boys okay with buying dolls. Um, and those fell out of favor around the seventies, uh, cause of this little thing called Vietnam weird. I know, um, Vietnam, they tr- Vietnam the war in Viet fucking damn. Um, there is, <laughs> he liked to say the F word. He liked to say the F word a lot. Um, he, um, they tried to keep the brand around, like to change it up a little bit here and there. Uh, and then star Wars came along and just fucking bodied everything. Everyone else was doing Mattel Hasbro. Ev- so everyone else is now playing catch up with Kenner. Who's decided it was this tiny little toy company that didn't know shit about shit. And now all of a sudden they are the dominant force in toys and everyone else is playing, just struggling to catch up. So uh, with the rising cost of oil, petroleum, which is used to make plastic, they have to kind of reconfigure because they can't do the full 12 inch uh, figures anymore. So they scale it down to the three and three quarters inch figures that we all know and love from our childhood, which is too far the other way. That's, that was why I didn't buy GI Joe toys because they weren't action figure size. They were like so tiny. They were like Star Wars figure size. The thing I town with that shit. The thing I simultaneously loved and hated is that if you pulled they like they were so uh are so many points of articulation, there there were two separate pieces and they were held together by like a really like a rubber band, like a nylon band, and you could snap mm-hmm. that bitch and you would have a broken toy. And that was your favorite part is that you could break it easily? Correct. Cool. Because then if your if your mom had a rubber band and was very careful, she could probably put it back together. So you could just go off and break it again. 
Yep. Because it's your favorite part. Yep. Nice. That's a real interesting commentary on the state of the military in America, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got real heavy there for a second. No, wow. it hit me once. Um, so, and again, because of the eighties, eighties got an 80. Um, they're like, well, how do we sell this toy at the time that before the D, uh, D legislation of marketing, um, you, to, uh, ways to market to children. You couldn't have a television show to sell toys, but you could have one to promote the comics. And so there was a partnership that Hasbro made with Marvel. Marvel would write the comics and then the show would promote the comics and the comics would promote the toys, which is the fun little loophole that made GI Joe like absolutely, you guys are yeah. both tapping your foreheads. It's <laughs> fucking stereo in here. Look at um, the big brain on bread. <laughs> Um, so that's how you, you get around that. And again, it led because yeah. JJ's were huge in the eighties, like massive. Um, and so they released the TV show. The TV show is insanely popular. Um, and they wept for, there were no more worlds to conquer, but wait, there's the silver screen, uh, spurred on by Care Bears of the movie. They decide, Hey, let's, let's release all of these movies within the span of a year. And so between, uh, well, it's, I think it's like a year and a half. So My Little Pony and Trans Transformers get released in 86. This gets released in 87. It was supposed to be a theatrical release, but because of how poorly My Little Pony and Transformers did the year before, they pushed it to um, direct-to-video, and then they did air it on TV, first as an actual feature-length block, and then as a five-part miniseries on the show. And that's a then, shame because I think this one would have done well. I, I think, think this one would have done well in the box office. At it least would have done better. A little bit of a profit. Yeah, would've it would have at least it. done better. Um, yeah. But they got cold feet. And then they also scrapped the in-development Gem in the Rock, Gem in the Holograms movie that they had planned. Which is a damn shame because if you saw that one that came out in like 2016. Where, which we can cover on this podcast one day. Let's do it. I need to take a big shit sometime soon. Truly so, outrageous. Truly, truly <laughs> truly outrageous um glamour glitter fashion fame it, it's all there um damn i you guys know i love tv theme songs right yeah i've heard yeah so is, I've that heard. A, is that a thing that's come I up on this so. podcast before i think so once or twice uh, yeah um but yeah um at any rate um so yeah that's kind of the the history around this one um and uh, yeah, it did pretty well on home video. Uh, it then so all the elements from this movie then get folded into the uh, into the second season of the show, which comes out immediately after this movie. And as fans are getting older, they kind of bristle at the sci-fi elements, and so it only lasts one more season after this movie comes out. And they're kind of done. They reboot it, they reference the movie, and then they move on, and then they start dumbing it down for kids a little more as the audience as you know people age out of it they need to reappeal to kids ninja turtles becomes big so then they start to become you know more ninja focus it's you know snake eyes becomes a much more prominent part of the team at that point um and they you know it's it's kind of one of those we're chasing the trends now as opposed to we're the ones that set the trends now we're chasing whatever the current hot thing is to try to capitalize on people's love of that which i think transformers is also does a lot it's not the side of that you want to be on. No, absolutely not. Well, cool episode, boys. See you yep. guys next week.
if you do what you do <laughs> and you do it well, the right people will find it. Um, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. Who knows? But but yeah. So that's I mean, kind of I the, know they leaned more into the sci-fi elements later. I might have actually watched it as a kid, but I mean, Cobra La was like a placeholder name. They just kind of stuck that in. Uh, obviously, a reference to Shangri La. They're like, I don't know. This is we can change this later. This is fine. Uh, but the Hasbro executives were like, this fucking rips. Let's do this. And that became the name, and it fucking sucks out loud. <laughs> I hate the name I Cobra really, La. I really love uh, when they first introduced the the dude from Cobra La, and they just got done. Telling Cobra Commander how much he sucks. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie because all the villains in those '80s cartoons were comically incompetent. Chris, Col or um, no, um, they didn't always get called out, and they no. just straight up called like his colleagues and his boss are like, "Yeah, dude, you kind of suck, and we're not sure why you're here." He's got if some real honest. star scream energy, like the the same kind of like lackey to the to the big boss uh but notoriously a fuck up and kind of a coward um he's got shredder energy yeah seven turtle shredder energy for sure mm -hmm, for sure so yeah um it but i love that voice that voice is fucking iconic um that it like sounds so painful it hurts it every time i, I hear it <laughs> i don't know how you do that and don't shred your vocal cords mm -mm. i really i don't know how you do know. that but, uh, but God... christopher collins oh sorry go ahead no go ahead no I would say Christopher Collins, RIP, by the way. He did die in 1994. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, he had a medical issue. Um, but he was in a lot of stuff. And the one thing I thought was very interesting that he was in is there's a TV show that's been going the rounds on all the lost media channels on YouTube um, called King Koopa's Cool Cartoons. Okay. Uh, where a human being dresses up in a Bowser from Mario uh, costume and has a live action show where he shows cartoons to children. And our boy, Christopher Collins, he was King Koopa in that show. Hell yeah. Uh, he was a lot of other stuff. I mean, in like I'm looking at his filmography here, and it's really insane. And and voice work. He started out as a stand-up comedian, and uh, he was doing some acting. Got into voice work. Uh, continued doing live-action acting. He has a pretty pretty extensive resume. He's in just about anything that you can imagine. He was. I, you know why Cobra Commander has big star scream energy? Because. Uh, Christopher Collins is the voice of Starscream. <laughs> yeah, there's I that. I thought they too. sounded yeah, similar. Yeah. That's why. He's also he's the like four different characters in this. He's also the voice of uh of Dr. Claw on Inspector Gadget. Yes, he is. He was oh. also the original voice of Mr. Burns in The oh, Simpsons, as okay. well as he was not just Mr. Burns. What else was he? Let me look real quick. Uh, because he died. Like in like ninety four, right? Yeah, and so he was like the first four episodes of The Simpsons. He did. Uh, I don't. There was a couple others, but mainly Mr. Burns. And then he died. And so, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, uh not Harry, Harry Shearer. Uh, it is Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer is the he one took, who does the voice of Mr. Okay. Burns. Yeah, yeah. He took over. I get him and Hank Azaria. Not them physically. I can tell them physically apart very well, but their voice work so. on The Simpsons. I it blends for me um but yeah he was the original mr burns 
He's only on four episodes of The Simpsons, yep. actually. That's what I'm saying. Um, he died. Like he recorded yeah. four episodes and straight up croaked. That was so, it. So yeah, that's big old fucking bummer. But yeah. I just thought that there was a lot of interesting stuff to say about him, and I'm glad we were able to talk about him. Well, he died in 94, but he worked on The Simpsons up through only 1990, so there may have been something else going on there. I don't know. Neither do I. I do know. Once again, you poked holes in my story, Stephen. Mm, sorry, man. I'm just. You made me just... look like an asshole, Stephen. <laughs> no, I don't need any help. help with that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't need any help with that. You right. You right. You're doing you right. job on your own, there, buddy. You know what? You know what? I was doing. I was doing karaoke Tuesday night, killing it as usual. And sure. I realized why I'm so good at karaoke. It's because karaoke is all about going up there and acting like a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I make looking like a fucking idiot look good. I mean, you've been doing it long enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do it in a way that's not off-putting, which is rare. Is that hard to do. So, yeah. I figured that. I figured that that out about myself this weekend. Or this Tuesday. Right yeah. on. Good stuff. Right on. Um, what what songs do you what what's your what's your go to karaoke song, Tucker? My go to I have three. Um, they are Sylvia's Mother by Doctor Hook. Um, Parents just don't understand by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, and No Diggity by Blackstreet. Nice. Uh, mine is uh, David Lee Ross, Just a Gigolo. Since you asked. Oh. Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah. We got to go karaoke together, friend. That would be that would be sweet. It would be amazing. You're invited too, Brett. Um, I don't have a go-to karaoke song because I've never done it because I'd be way too anxious. So yes. my anxiety, my anxiety would never. My anxiety I was gonna say never. that that kind of track. I've also done. That's um, why you get drunk, Brett. No. I no. almost not I even almost, then. Like, <laughs> okay. I almost right, got a fair. date at a bar once because I sang "Somebody to Love" by Queen in a bar one time so oh i thought you meant jefferson airplane somebody to love no Jim not Carrey the... style from the cable guy oh that's what i thought <laughs> too yeah. yeah. it's performed by jefferson airplane <laughs> for a little documentary little a uh, little documentary called a Gimme little shelter. documentary called gimme shelter about the rolling stones etc etc that night the oakland chapter that hell's angels had their way tonight it's my turn jesus steven can we move on Let's let's move on because I wanted to comment how um, the main villain of this movie's overarching plot is the Which same one? as Teen Koopa from the Mario Brothers movie. Which one? What? You, you mean Globulus? Yeah, Globulus. Yeah, his name is Globulus, guys. Well, well that's, I mean, it's real gross. I wonder is, what that implies. Like, I don't want to think about it, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, no, must same, be his birthday. Same plot. <laughs> Same plot. Real annoyed that humans took over instead of his species, so wants to de-evolve all the humans. It's the exact same plot. It is. That is the live-action Mario. That's wow. Going back to our very, our very first, uh, going back to our very first episode. There. Right on. For some reason, it devolves humans into weird monster lizard people and not monkeys. I'm not sure. That's what happens to Cobra Commander. They turn him into a fucking snake. Well, in the Mario's, um, Dino Hatton was like a different dimension where humans had evolved from lizards. Mm-hmm. So, well, no, that still doesn't make sense. Never mind. Fuck but it. They, the movie's stupid. Who cares? They they go through the they but they go looks great. They go into Manhattan at one point and they shoot the dude and he and it, monkey. That's you know where that comes from. So yeah, Dennis Hopper pointing at the guy and going monkey. 
Um, yeah, it's great. We love it. We stand cool. a legend, Dennis Hopper, RIP. Best Dennis Hopper performance? Mm. Outside the Land of the Dead, maybe. I, I was going to say, tell me you haven't seen Blue Velvet without telling me you haven't seen Blue Velvet. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. I would never, and nobody's <laughs> performance in Mario Brothers movie is a good one. So, don't, the only don't way talk that's. About Blue Velvet, it scares me. Blue Velvet's so good. Um, the it's only scary. the only way you can think that the only way that any of those performances in the Mario Brothers movie could be someone's best performance is if that was the only movie they were ever in. True. Like if that's True. the only thing you ever did, then that's probably your best performance. But yeah, I mean, I don't actually know that I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, they played the uh, Iggy and Spike. Those two guys, I forget. Fisher Stevens and um, oh, what's he, we just talked about him on Howard the Duck? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I never remember the actor names. I'm bad with actor names, but Fisher Stevens is good. one of them. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I feel like they were delivering kind of what they were there for. That's kind of what those actors were kind of known for around then. They were really good. I wouldn't say it was their best performance. I would say it's on well, no. par with pretty much Richard, anything else that they. Richard done. Edson is the other actor's name. I just looked that up. Except when Fisher Stevens did brownface for Short Circuit. Correct. Fisher Stevens, though, recently in Succession, though, right? That's Fisher Stevens? And, yeah, that is, in fact, Fisher Stevens playing Hugo, and he fucking ruled. Uh, Succession, good also, show. Also, in finished it. a second season episode of Always Sunny, he's in Probably. as well. Yeah, that tracks. And is it really bad that whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, that's a dude from Super Mario Brothers. That's probably yeah, not what I bad. should be doing. That's probably not what I should I be doing. When I see him. He's, he's done so many other things, though. Yeah, like, that's what I recognize him from. So. Like, like Short Circuit. Um, Short Circuit is what I know him from the most. And as racist as that is in hindsight, he's so fucking good in those movies. He so is. Good. He's in the new Wes Anderson movie. If you're a Wes Anderson fan, he's in Asteroid oh, City. Sweet. He plays a character called Detective Number One. He was also apparently in the French Dispatch, and apparently he's yeah. like in tight with Wes Anderson. He's in Isle of mm-hmm. Dogs too. I'm just he's like scrolling a, he's through a, here. He's part of that group now, yeah. Okay, I mean, good for him. I'm, I'm glad he's yeah, getting absolutely. work. He's got the look. He's got the look for it, especially nowadays. And he will also be in a future episode of this podcast, One for the Money, when we talk about that. So, what's that? I don't even know what the fuck that is. It's based on the. Um, it's based on a series of books. Um. Uh, it stars Catherine Heigl. Uh, Stephanie Plum is the name of the main character. Janet Ivanovich is the author. Uh, it was supposed to kick off a franchise based in, on that entire series, and it didn't. So, yeah, we can cover you it. You just said it like it was something that I was supposed to know and be excited about, but I've never, ever heard of that in my entire life. Someone out there has heard of it and is excited about it. It might not be you guys, but someone out there Maybe. probably is. The I'm only sure. reason I even know about that is because I worked at a bookstore for many years. So Yes, you did. When those books were coming out. So I, people bought them all the fucking time. Oh, and nice. I sold them to those people who bought them all the fucking time. So I sold books them all tight. the fucking time. Books are books tight, are, yeah. Books are good. If you want to know what book I've been reading tight. lately, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash pod and listen to the most uh, the upcoming episode of What Are We Watching? Where we talk about what media we've been consuming. You should do that because it gets pretty wild over there sometimes. It really does. For because movies, it is, TV it and is, video games. It mm-hmm. is by nature tangential. Tangent, yeah. tangent, am I saying that right? Tangential. Tangential. There you go. There it is. Um, yeah, it is by nature that. So 
It yeah, really is. Like, it's fun Because this show is very structured and streamlined, is it, if, no, in case I'm you haven't saying, noticed. Well, I'm saying we go against the grain on this. We do have a format, but it is we, – we go and do our own thing a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, the what are we watching is made for that. Instead right. of fighting against a format, we're working with it. So it's fun times. I'm saying it's fun times. Join the Patreon. Check it out every, pretty much every week. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Unless unless mm-hmm. Tucker forgets to edit and upload it. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Every now and again. Uh, can we also talk about the fact that the uh, the MacGuffin in this movie is called the BET? Yeah. I think that's great. Pretty funny. I, I kind of love it. Uh, and I absolutely fact, forget BET, what it stands for. BET did not exist as a network at that time, if I recall. It stands for in this movie. It stands for Broadcast Energy Transmitter. Uh, is what it stands for in this movie, and apparently, it is the thing that you need to turn the entire world into. It's an it's an EMP, people, basically. Um, well, it's a it, reverse EMP, isn't it? Like it gives everything energy instead of taking it away. Man, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I just thought the pew pews were cool. Um, so. BET launched as a full-time network on July 1st, 1983. So it is coming up on its 40th birthday here in just a couple weeks. Couldn't just couldn't just let me be right for a minute. Could you see? No. Not if I can help it. No, no, you know what? My I always say it's always better to know. So yes, thank you for I was looking it up as well. I was gonna say something too. I'd almost gotten to that point. It looks like the network launched in january of 1980 actually as a as a usa network timeshare but as a full channel yeah yeah, was, yeah 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 but yeah that's cool i didn't really i like i didn't know about it until like early 90s is when we got it on cable right because yeah because i don't think it was a part of um uh, particularly in the midwest i don't think it was a part of a lot of pack of cable packages Ooh, at that time. you know i miss 106th and park you guys ever watch 106th and park Nope, I don't know. What it was that like is. TRL except for on uh, on BET, so it was all oh, like right hip hop and R and B videos, and it was so good. Right on. Anyway, yeah, one hundred sixth and Park, it's rad. Go watch it. It's not oh, on, yeah. but if you can somehow go watch. I'm it. sure there's old episodes of it on the internet. Some because that's what the internet is for is old episodes of shit that you're just <laughs> like, I don't know where to find this. Oh, I don't know. I'll Google it on the internet and see if anyone else has it. But and look, a lot of the times it's out there. You know, you can find shit on YouTube all the time, man. Uh, the other day, I remembered a show called that I used to watch on Nickelodeon called Wienerville. Uh, yes, about, oh, with yeah. the guy with the face, and he had the little little, the little hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. And so I, yeah. I went and, and Googled that, and you better believe there's all sorts of uh, Wienerville clips on YouTube. Yes, so that's, there that's are. a rabbit hole you can go down if you want to. I don't know. Wienerville yeah. is the shit. Old, old Nickelodeon shows? Yeah. That's just a huge rabbit hole you can go back down. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I some Hey Dude for a minute. Discovered some, uh, discovered some audio from the unaired um, Angry Beavers finale uh, where oh, they yeah. they talk about basically they just make fun of Nickelodeon the entire episode. <laughs> Um, and why and how they're canceled. Like basically they get notice that they're canceled and then they have to figure out why. And they basically just shit on Nickelodeon for 15 minutes. It's great. Yeah. And for some reason, Nickelodeon execs didn't like that. Hmm. Wonder why. Can't imagine. Cause they were too busy being that one guy that they did the documentary on. 
that oh, was weird with oh, kids. Yeah, that guy really liked feet. Yeah, that they were they were busy doing that instead. Yeah, that guy's that guy's disgusting. Yeah, he was on he was on that show, Head of the Class. Remember Head of the Class? I do. Yeah. I do. He was an actor on that show. I had the board game based on that show. He was also an actor in a movie that we do. can no longer cover on this podcast called Good Burger. He was oh, in that movie as well. True. I'm so excited for the sequel. I can't wait. I just wrote that song for this moment in the podcast. So get to copywriting that, please, so no one steals it. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I don't know what else we got to say about GI Joe. We've we've gone on for about an hour. What else we have to say about GI Joe is there? He's a real American hero. That's and all I have fu- to say. He's fighting who, Tucker? <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There's some video games, guys. Did you know that? What? You think a, yes. a, a toy line franchise movie like this would have video games? You bet your ass. <laughs> I would rather not bet my ass, but. Well, you know. Well, I mean, you could because it's a pretty safe bet. Okay. Um, yeah, you wouldn't be losing uh, anything, Steven. You're good. All right. Well, I don't have so, much to lose, so. So we get the first game in 1983 on the Atari 2600, G.I. Joe Cobra Strike. Yes. Um, it is only loosely based on the toy line. Oh, it's an Atari 2600 game. Like it's loosely well, yeah. based on nothing. So like, yeah, pretty much, it's like yeah. a couple like dots, like doing maybe something that's recognizable. And I, I mean, their screenshots look like it's just a giant cobra in the middle of the screen. Uh, nice, just, yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it it was pretty. It was published by Parker Brothers back when they were doing video game publishing before they got into the board game business. Huh. Um, so yeah. Um, then. In 1985, we get G.I. Joe Real American Hero for the Apple II and Commodore 64. Uh, yeah, that's just a, here's a member of the G.I. Joe team, Five Cobra. Some bleeps and some bloops. Some bleeps and some bloops. Um, then, uh, it's kind of weird. We get into like... It was just Action Force games, which is what G.I. Joe was called in Europe. Right. Um, so it's just a couple of Action Force games. In was there not an NES game? I could have sworn there was an NES game. Uh, we're getting there. Uh, so yeah, there's, so like I mentioned, there's uh, the two Action Force games, one in 1987, one in 1988. Um, I can't tell if they were only released in Europe. I have to imagine they were, since they're not labeled G.I. Joe. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure we ever got those two, um, but they were available for the um, Commodore 64 and the Amstrad CPC, whatever the fuck that is. Amstrad. I want to yeah. see a game where Snowjob and Beachhead team up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Fire they just call and ice, it, but they're both doing fellatio. Call it, call it, call it Snowjob and Beachhead double team. There you go. Fire That's the name nice. of that game. <laughs> Which I don't know. So funny. 69. So, <laughs> it's, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe Snowjob is the new, um, you know, Tundra-based character. Because in, in the next game, in 1991, the actual one that you were talking about, Tucker, the one for the Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. um, has a character named Blizzard, who's pretty much dressed exactly like Snowjob. So... Yeah, just because they had already done like a snow character didn't mean they couldn't do other ones. There were multiple characters that were similarly themed, just right. with different silly names. 
because I mean, that's the GI Joes would just take on whatever threat was popular. So you would have to have a number of Joes equipped for that particular job. That's true. Right. So, yeah, I mean, this one, um, this one for you, it looks like a mix between Contra and Metal Gear. Mm. Oh, nice. Um, so top down or side scrolling, uh, side scrolling. That's, that's the Contra aspect. And then it looks like there's other elements that make it a little bit like Metal Gear. So nice. That makes sense. Um, then in 1992, we get G.I. Joe, the Atlantis Factor. Ooh, that um, sounds cool. Where, yeah, they, uh, they explore the wonderful world of Atlantis. Hail Atlantis. Um, Atlanta. So that one was also available for the only available for the Nintendo Entertainment System, even sports the Nintendo approved seal. In the corner the of the official box seal. Yeah. Did 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 wet did wetsuit get a prime role in that one or? He or does he in that one. Yes, yes. There are several playable characters: General Hawk, Roadblock, Wetsuit, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, and Duke. There you go, Duke. Yeah. A kick-ass Duke. Um, and then finally, um, we have at least of the original, you know, cartoon GI Joe. Um, in 1992, we get GI Joe, real American hero. Um, which is just is a, a, so this one this one was released in arcades so this was an arcade game oh, um, i know this one i know so this third, one. third person yeah. rail shooting game yeah and you're one of four gi joe operatives um you know you could four up to four people at once and yeah it was one of the first like rail shooters i think so not common no yeah they were I only super, saw it a few times yeah it was but super I do specifically rare remember that game yeah, I probably only saw it once or twice because um, I they was had a it at big the, arcade guy in the 90s. They had it at the Putt-Putt on uh, Washington Street over there by where the Movies 8 used to be. And that's probably where I saw it. Yeah, never had oh, any yeah. desire to play it, but I remember the art, the cabinet. So That's pretty rad. Um, but yeah, after this, um, we don't see another G.I. Joe game until 2009, it looks like. The Rise um, of the Cobra tie-on. Yeah, tie that's when that's when we get the live action video games of which there's like five or six. So but we're not talking about the live action G.I. Joe. We're talking about the cartoon. And that's and that's uh, all G.I. Joe. That's all game. for the video that's game all. video corner. That's it. That's it. Uh so this movie G.I. Joe. <laughs> Yo, Real Joe. American hero. As if I recall in the cartoon. Which a lot there. of which and a lot of nineties cartoons did. There'd be mm-hmm. like there'd be a transition between scenes, and it was always like flash the logo and play a little bit of the theme song, and then go yeah. to the next scene. Yeah, which is kind of how this movie starts. Like they start with the like the logo kind of swooping down, and yeah, yeah. fucking a. Um, this movie was not released in theaters, so there's no box office on this one. Uh, it was released direct to video, and it it was released, however, uh, on August 14th of 1987. And the box office that weekend looked like this. In number one is a little movie called Stakeout. Uh, what if there was a stakeout? That's the Emilio Estevez, uh, Richard Dreyfus two-hander. Uh, and then you've also got in second place my one of my top five favorite Bond movies, The Living Daylights, uh, which is the first. Oh, you of love the, that one. I do. That's the first of the Dalton Bonds. Dalton, my favorite Bond. Um, Go check third, out our top five Bonds on the Patreon. Yep, Patreon.com. Check out the Rocket. Also check out the Rocketeer episode of oh, yeah. Disenfranchise for more about Timothy Dalton. Hell yeah, we we go deep on Timothy Dalton that episode, as I recall. Timmy um, D. 
Timmy D, my favorite Bond. I love that guy. Uh, in third place, Can't Buy Me Love, out new this week. And in fourth place, No Way Out. Uh, how does Kevin Costner keep getting work? Um, and uh, number five is a little biopic called La Bamba. Para bailar La Bamba. Wait. Se necesita una poca de gracia. Wait, you guys, guess what's coming out on the Criterion Collection in September, you guys. Guess what it is. La Bamba. It's La Bamba. Bamba. I pre-ordered it, you guys. I'm so excited. I also pre-ordered The Trial, Stephen, because I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Not not only do you have Anthony Perkins, Mm -hmm. you got Orson Welles directing, and it is, in my opinion, the best Kafka novel. Mm. Like, Metamorphosis is good. That's his most well-known, I think. That's the one everyone knows. But The Trial is so much better because it's like metamorphosis but even more vague and that's what's great about it and i love that movie and i love that book and i love anthony perkins and i love orson wells and i just can't wait i haven't seen it in so long it's, it's probably been neither 10 years I. since i've watched the trial i'm so excited Same. to watch it again and it's, it's 4k it's one of the few well that i don't own so i'm actually very much looking Get forward it. to having that on 4k oh i will don't worry about it i will absolutely i'll let you know how it is man please do I didn't um, even look the special features on either of those because I don't give a fuck. No, me neither do I. Got uh, to have them. Rounding out the top 10, you've got uh, Masters of the Universe. See our previous episode on that. In three weeks, it has earned $10 million, so not doing well. It dropped from two down to six uh, in, its, oh, no. in its third weekend. Uh, in seventh place, a little movie called Disorderlies, which I know absolutely nothing about. Um, mm. uh, starring a, a group of people called the Fat Boys, apparently. <gasps> the fat boys they were a rap group they oh, did um okay. a version of wipeout but it was a rap and they also did a song for nightmare on elm street part four uh about freddie and robert england was in the video and it's really cool okay fat well, boys man the they, they were Foot, footprints of the uh, fresh prince doing a rap song about freddie Oh, this yeah. one was officially licensed, though, and they didn't almost get sued. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> uh, in eighth uh, place, the maybe... Fat Boys. Oh, sorry, okay, no, just roll right over the Fat Boys, Stephen. Not like they were one of the seminal groups in rap history. Don't even worry about it. Like, who cares? I was trying to roll right over them, but you won't let Good. me. Apparently, you can't. They roll real well themselves, man. Because they're Fat that Boys. Was, oh, that was the whole thing. They were just really, really fat dudes. Like, just very rotund. And uh, you know what? We respected him for it. We stand legends. Yeah. We, we stand a fat legend. We stand a fat yeah. legend. When you uh, put it in your name, you know you deserve respect. Right. Uh, you don't try to hide it up and call it fluffy or something else. It's, no, you know, no. You call it what it is. They weren't the big boned boys, Stephen. No. Or the, the husky boys. That's the one. That's what if they were younger, they were the husky boys. When they were like <laughs> preteens, they were the husky boys. <laughs> uh we have fun we do in eighth place weren't you the one that had to go somewhere um in eighth no, place, dude, what are you talking about i said it was uh, a soft out okay in eighth place we have uh maybe one of the best movies of 1987 robocop uh, Hell which yeah. has been in theaters for uh five weeks and has earned 38 million dollars so far buy that Ninth- for a dollar yeah you would as would i I have the Criterion DVD of that, and it is glorious. Uh, and then in ninth place, another maybe one of Schumacher's best, The Lost Boys. It's Agreed. up there, yeah. It's up uh, there. 
10th place, a little movie called Summer School, which has been out for four weeks. And then in 11th oh. place, I'm just going to mention this one real quick because uh, it's it's another one of the best movies of 1987. Uh, a little movie called Predator. Yeah, that one's which, pretty good, yeah. An alternate version of Stephen and Brett covered once upon a time. Mm, I heard. Yes, I seem to recall that. Yeah, so so there you go. That is the box office. The Tomatometer score on G.I. Joe colon the movie is a 43 percent no critics consensus to speak of um but there it is um not a lot of critics like this one uh it has absolutely no meta score um but it is uh on letterboxd and on letterboxd the score is a 3.2 brett out of five stars how are you rating gi joe colon the movie one and a half hey tucker what about yourself Eight millimeter is Joel Schumacher's best movie, and I give this movie two stars. I did say maybe, maybe Schumacher's best, um, and I also gave this two stars. So there you go. It's All fine. Right. So I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to, compared to you guys. So that's not well bad. for for me. It was the kind of movie that I would never choose to watch. Right. But if I watched it, I would not be mad. Yeah, I would put this one just above Transformers the movie. Just above. Uh, yeah, I know. You didn't mm. like that one. Uh, yeah, you made that very clear. Don't make <laughs> me relive it. We've 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 made it a point of pride on this podcast to try not punching down. And then uh, Tucker destroyed that in one episode. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck those motherfuckers. Uh, so there we go. That is uh, that is our episode on 1987's G.I. Joe colon the movie. Uh, next week, we're going to wrap up our 80s animation extravaganza with uh, a guest that um, I think uh, we probably should have on any animated theme month that we ever have. But yeah. So, yeah. Any Any Who final means? words, gentlemen? Nope. All right. Well, in uh, that case, Cobra. Cobra, you can find us on uh, social media at Disenfranch Pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Facebook, and YouTube at Disenfranch Pod. You can shoot us an email, disenfranchpod at gmail.com. Uh, or you can swing by our Patreon, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod, which we've plugged multiple times throughout the course of this episode. Uh, while you're on the internet, swing on by Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a nice five-star rating and review so that people can find us and we can build that sweet, sweet audience that we deserve, or we feel we deserve. Um, uh, you can find uh, me. I'm on, I'm Stephen Foxworthy. I'm your host. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Chewy Walrus. Brett, where can we find you on the socials? You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at sus underscore warlock. Fantastic. Tucker, yourself? I'm on the YouTubes at Einstein. Oh, nine. Uh, you know, I've spelled it before. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if not, go uh, listen to a previous episode. It's fine. Yeah. This, this is, if this is your first episode, we hope you liked it well enough to listen to previous episodes because you'll have to figure that whole Ice 909 shit out yourself if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have uh, an Insta scam called Tux Mugs. It's at instascam.com or whatever at Tuck underscore i don't even know how it works tuck underscore mugs i don't even know how the internet works at tuck underscore mugs yeah you can tell you have a lot to do with that account yeah (laughs) 
There, I, I expect some posts soon because I, I have some in the backlog. So sorry. Um, maybe maybe those will get posted soon. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. We'll get to them but eventually. Yeah, that's me. That's it. That's all I do on the social medias. Brett, I can't stand it. I need you to send me your cat right now. All right, Are you seeing it. how cute this motherfucker is, Steven? It's, it's Look fucking at his adorable. little ears. Look at his little ears. He's just He's very just concerned about what Brett just is doing right Brett, now. Like, why don't you love me? Father. Why don't you love me? Happy <laughs> father. <me>, father. <laughs> oh, hey, nobody said happy Father's Day to me yet today, and the day's almost over. Can you believe that shit? Happy Sometimes Father's I Day. Sometimes I forget you're a father, but yeah, happy oh, Father's thank you. Day. I get that a lot. Has your, has, has your child wish you a happy Father's Day today? In spirit, yes. Okay. All right, on. Uh, She's not good <laughs> expressing those kinds of feelings, you know. It's fine. It, There's a lot of a lot of big emotions. It's all good, man. But uh, but yeah, that is all for the episode on GI Joe the movie from 1987. So until next week, I am your host Stephen Foxworthy for my co-host Brett Wright and Tucker. Until next time, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. GI Joe. Fuck yeah. 